everybody. Thanks for joining us again for another great edition of Talking Tigs. I am Scott Gerard. Joining me tonight, as always, uh, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Solinger. Got a good one for you. LSU had a very dominant win against Army, winning 62-0. to Going to get into all that and the rest of college football, of course. But before we do, want to check in the, with the co-hosts uh, like we usually do, see how y'all are doing. Good to be back with you, especially after a uh, a nice win. I mean, we kind of expected to win. It was just kind of how it was going to look, right? But I, uh, for all intents and purposes, I'd say it looked pretty good. Hopefully you guys agree and had a, a good weekend otherwise. Yeah, good to be with you. Good to be talking about a huge LSU win. Um, man, this is you know, pretty complete performance. This is not what, what I think any of us, I think we all predicted LSU to at least give up some points. Um, so 62 to nothing, yeah, pretty, mm-hmm. very convincing for us. A nice tune up going into the big, uh, big off week before Bama and, uh, yeah, excited to talk about it. Yeah. Um, Tommy and I were actually able to see each other this weekend and we watched the game a little bit together. So that was fun being with the co-host, uh, and yeah, LSU steamrolled Army. We were expecting the win, but that was a big one. I didn't get to, to watch the very end of the game, and I was checking my phone. It was like, oh, they scored again. They scored again <laughs> every single time I would refresh. Uh, so that's always pleasant to see and gives us positive momentum going into this bye week to get tuned up uh, for Alabama. So a lot of positives on that front and uh, happy to to get into the details here. Amen. And there is a lot of details, actually. Uh, some Some good ones I wanted to share right off the top. Uh, so, like we said, LSU won handily against Army. Uh, LSU went all out as far as you know, welcoming them, just showing respect for the the servicemen that they were facing. They painted the end zones camo. Uh, then they they also had like a, a USA flag patch yeah. on their jersey, which again, I guess I thought was always there, but I know that's on the helmet. But yeah. they did add a nice new patch on the front of the jersey in which I don't know, maybe just maybe it's just me, but I think that was that was awesome. I wish they had it there all the time because I feel like you know what if you have it as if if you had that patch and let's say you are a, a recent SEC champion, that jersey should pretty much be your passport anywhere in the world, right? <laughs> like that's that's yeah, that's that's my best third year letterman impersonation. You know you guys know who that is. Third year Letterman, yeah. On, on uh, D- Daniel does oh. okay. Yeah, he. We'll, we'll 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 fill you in later. But basically, yeah, he's just. Uh, I don't even know if he's like a complete troll or if he's just what what the deal is. But the guy's funny. Uh, but anyway, um, they showed some respect for Army with the patch, the you know pinning the end zones, and it also marks Brian. This was the first time that we had played them since I think before World War Two. I think we last played him in like 1935. Does that sound right, guys? Did you? Yeah. Yeah, it's um, about 100 years. Yeah. And it is actually Brian Kelly's 300th career win, uh, which is, I guess, just another little sidebar. But overall, and in addition to the, the you know, the, the changing of the end zones, it kind of changed up the uniforms a bit, too. And I got to say, it looked really good, right? We've seen the I white like uniforms. The, we've seen the white uniforms, but it's usually with the white helmet or the purple helmet. I thought the yellow helmet looked great. I thought the yellow helmet. Yes, I, I think white on white with a yellow helmet looks fine. I didn't like that. Like, I feel like the pants should have been uh, 
different. I didn't like the big stripe. I didn't like the typical like stripe down the side of the pant with the typical like white jerseys. I felt like there was too much striping going on. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I think maybe what it was missing, Tommy, is that the pant stripe didn't match the shoulder stripe. Yes. Like the, the colors were not alternating or they didn't alternate in sync with each other. So if they could have gotten that lined up, then it might have been a little bit of a more aesthetically pleasing approach, but uh, definitely not bad. And um, I mean, LSU wears the same jerseys every game for the most part. So it's always interesting when they mix it up some. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. But the one thing they did not mix up was their offensive uh, prowess. LSU looked really good there. Defense looked great too. Like you said, I thought we probably would have given up something, uh, especially not having faced a triple option team. And I don't even remember the last one. I know we have, uh, but uh Pretty much held him in check. Uh, we we'll, we'll get to the specifics of that later. But overall, man, uh, another really great game. That's two in a row where the Tigers demonstrated on all three phases of the game. You know what we had, and it was good, right? I mean, no, yeah. what else can you say? Complete a complete game for LSU. Um, I mean, look at some some of the stats like nine point five yards per play. Like that's insane. Um. 570 total yards, 369 yeah. passing yards. It's pretty nice. I'd say there are three plays that kind of skewed that a bit, but again, it's just still a great accomplishment, right? Yeah. Yeah, they they were they scored obviously at the very beginning, but then that first play, the 86-yard yeah. streak down the sideline by Brian Thomas, catching it in stride and taking it to the house. That's when you knew you're like, all right, we're, we're firing on all cylinders here, and Army wasn't going to stand a chance after that. And pretty much after that, it was like just technical work, seeing what you could get done, mixing in offensive and defensive looks and uh, getting the the backup some playing time as well. So uh, efficient game. Jaden Daniels didn't have to play the whole time. Nussmeyer got some good looks, another touchdown as well. So um, well done on all fronts. Yeah, and that that's what I was going to say is that that's the I think he had a 64 yarder. Uh, was it to to Malik Neighbors? And then, of course, like you said, the backups. Uh, Trey Holly came in out of nowhere, takes one, I think, also 64, 65 yards to the house. So a lot of big plays. Love to see it. Uh, and I agree. It's a great tune-up before the bye for Bama. We'll get into that either tonight or next week. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else you could ask for going into a bye. I'm just glad that they uh, they put their respect, you know, out for um, Army on the uh, Army with like the jerseys in the field because there was no respect for Army on the stat sheet. <laughs> no, not Brian at all. Kelly taking no prisoners, right? And it did get chippy, I think, a little bit in the game, but to be expected. They're probably just frustrated. They probably thought they could do something against our defense, even get a field goal or something. I mean, we thought so. Yeah, I thought they were going to score like two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with a triple option, you thought we might have get gashed either for a lot of yardage and maybe a, a short touchdown run or maybe just, you know, they would have gashed us and had a, a couple explosive plays, but then maybe that would have been about it. But they didn't even have that. They had less than, a, well, they had around 150 yards rushing, which is pretty modest, pretty good for us. And But they only had like 40, 42 yards passing. So we shut them down. You know, yeah, the triple option tests your sideline to sideline speed a lot with their kind of spread out runs and and diversions there. And that was a good test for a linebacking core with uh, Omar Spades and Harold Perkins, both racking up a few 
uh, big tackles and Greg Penn as well. He had a huge sack looking like uh, Harold Perkins is coming in, flattening the quarterback. Uh, we'll see more of the vertical downfield attack with Bama in a couple of weeks. Nervous about that, especially because Zy Alexander, um, one of our starting cornerbacks, got hurt in the Army game as well. And now we're down to just about true freshmen on both sides, which is kind of scary after Deuce Chestnut was kind of off the team. And Denver Harris has been MIA. Zy Alexander hurt now, so... It's uh could be sketchy against Bama. We'll talk more about that next week, but uh, there'll be a lot to, to work on over this bye week here. Yeah. Hopefully the linebacking and defensive line core can really step up and <laughs> kind of help them out. Hopefully they can get some, uh, I, don't, I mean, we can't really expect coverage sacks, but maybe it's just, you know, uh, Milrow and or whoever else just won't have much time or won't have much open based on how we set up against Alabama. We do have some time to figure that out, but I don't know. I just had some thoughts on Alabama just based on their game against Tennessee is, you know, there's a lot of other games across the country too, that I think have implications, but as far as the Tigers go, um, I don't know. Um, what I was going to say is, you know, Tennessee had kind of jumped off to a quick start with Bama. And I think that's what our offense since apparently we seem to kind of lead the nation in certain categories. And, for once, LSU, other than 2019, has a really good offense, and it's the strength of our team. One thing I saw in this game, I, they kind of stood out because, you know, they only left Jaden in for so long. He did well. He was very efficient, as usual, which I think is really remarkable. Um, not just the stats he's getting, but it's like his, you know, like his completions and attempts are never really that far apart. And obviously keeping the uh, turnovers down, not just with him, but just the offense in general, but um, seeing, and again, this was against army. I know we, we ran really well against him past. Well, but the fact that uh, Thomas and neighbors almost had identical stats, Thomas, Brian Thomas, Jr. Three catches, 122 yards, two TDs, Malik neighbors, four catches, 121 yards, two TDs. That's what you'd want to see every game if possible. And we kind of had, it's either been, neighbors and Thomas Thomas and whoever and uh or I don't know I think Lacey had one good game too but we can keep seeing that against the people like Alabama yeah I think we'll be okay uh, as long as our defense kind of shows what it did against the last few teams against Bama because their offense ain't that great but it's really not I mean I think that as far as and I mean we'll break this down next week more in depth but as far as a as the years go, maybe like you said, with 2019 out, uh, you know, the 2019 exception, I feel like this year sets up for LSU as best as you can for against an Alabama team. Um, and I think you're spot on if we get off to a quick start and can keep the gas pedal down and just keep pressure, you know, because Alabama was not able to respond um, like they typically would to Tennessee, um, you know, quick scores and, and, it really it was the 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 key fumble um by uh what's the Milton, the quarterback, that kind of yep. turned the you know turned the tide and, and set the uh you know set up for, for Alabama's win. But um I think we've got about as good a chance as we'll as we'll get um against them this year. Especially just with I mean, with the way Dan- Daniels is is consistently improving game after game and you know if he's not if he's not New York, that's going to be a crime, right? Because before the season, we 
knew from last year that Jaden Daniels was a really good quarterback um, with potential to be great. He had shown that throughout his career and especially last year, but really just exceeded all expectations uh, this season so far. And now he's number two in the country in Heisman odds after now JJ McCarthy of Michigan actually has taken over the top spot after a big game. But uh, yeah, Daniels is, is in there and hopefully we'll have a state, a place at least on the podium in, in uh, New York and deservedly. So, I mean, he's leading the nation in all purpose yards combined passing and, and rushing and only three touchdowns. I think 25 t- or three interceptions, excuse me, to 25 touchdowns is extremely efficient. And if we hadn't been so spoiled by Joe Burrow in 2019, this would probably easily be like the best quarterbacking season for LSU ever, like maybe ever. Cause I mean, you think of some other good seasons like Jamarcus Russell or, or Matt Flynn and stuff. And like, those were good seasons, but like in terms of pure stats and like quarterback power, like this is just kind of on another level in the mm-hmm. game. You know, we say it all the time. The game has changed, which I think you have, you know, you have to take into account, but um, he's been, he's been dominant, you know, it's, it's exciting to watch. I just, just don't want us to squander it. I, I mean, I think that we're, I mean, I don't think we're going to win the national championship, but at least get a, I just hope we can get to a, a real quality bowl and give, give Daniels like a, a, a way to, you know, a, a moment to shine on his way out. Sure. I, I, I totally agree. Even if it does look like last year where it's 65 to whatever against Purdue, but um, kind of like, kind of like it was in this last game, but I, as there was a, a specific play this game. Granted, it was against Army, but it just goes to show you that like that third element that we could have. Cause you know, last year it was Jaden could hit some good passes or he could run. Right? Like he was either the pass was there or we'd get a sack or he would just take off before things kind of had a chance to develop. And he did really well. This year He's allowing things to develop and he, the passing is just great. The confidence is there and the decision to hit whoever he's looking at and be able to still run some design, some not, but like pick up gobs of yards. But the addition to that is what we saw against army where he did have the open space where he could have ran down the sideline for probably, I don't know, 10, maybe 15, 20 more yards. But he threw to Brian Thomas on the run, like you said, Daniel, streaking down the sideline where that opens up that third element where Jaden on the run. Cause he's he's you've seen you've seen some of the games this this year where the field in front of him is wide open. Yeah, he could run for 20 yards, but that's mostly because everyone else is downfield. But what if there was those off chance where someone is still open downfield? He can run, but he sees them throws before he crosses the line of scrimmage and then we have a streaking td run like we just saw like that's the stuff uh you know that's why i feel like this could take us to a different level if all that's there oh yeah i mean he's he's really he's really been able to develop you know the the tools he like the main critique that he had last year he just couldn't throw downfield with with precision and he's been able to do that so far um, and, and it's definitely something I think I've seen us have seen him improve on. So, you know, it's, it's cool to watch it. It, se- it seems like he's a good guy too. Like he's a good, he's a guy that he's an easy guy to root for. I feel like. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, I wanted to to mention the the defense as well. Cause we 
kind of have glossed over that, but holding Army, even if it's not exactly a high-powered offense, but to a complete shutout, zero points is a big accomplishment as well, and definitely a, a morale booster on that side, showing that, yeah, we can do it, especially after the 18-point um, output by Auburn last week. So that's four games in a row with decreasing point totals. Obviously, you can't go any lower than zero. Bama's not going to score negative for us. but um, Or will they? <laughs> Yeah, they um they might turn around and run it into the wrong end zone, uh, but yeah, the defense a, a lot improved. Um, better fundamentals, tackling, um, not as many blown assignments, etc. And so Matt House has got them working there. And I mean, I don't know if Bam is the best offense that we faced this year so far. You probably got to give that to Ole Miss, maybe or Florida, Florida State, State, possibly. Yeah, yeah. but uh, they'll, they'll definitely be tested. Like I said, especially downfield. Um, against these uh, true freshmen and inexperienced corners. But I think we're definitely in a better place there than we were a couple of weeks ago where it was just pretty much a lost cause. And now it's like, all right, we're, we're kind of finding a little bit of a groove on defense and the offense is just so high power. The other team is going to have to put up, up probably 40 plus points just to beat us. Yeah. Yeah. Which is our only two losses this year. They both put up 40 plus. So mm-hmm. that, <laughs> that checks now, uh, just looking around the rest of the league and the country, for the most part, it was business as usual, although there there was some games where it looked like guys were in trouble, like Bama, who trailed, uh, was it 21 to 7 at one point against Tennessee, and then they just came back in, you know, scored, what was it, 24, and, uh, 24 unanswered or something. So, uh, interesting there. Uh, I guess, I mean, that, that for them, that's kind of a rivalry game, but just the fact that they were down two touchdowns at home to Tennessee makes me think that we definitely have, been, uh, you know, some, some good potential there. Uh, but again, it's like Tennessee obviously could move the ball in the second half. So Alabama's defense is what's the, what's saving the fact that they only have one loss at this point, I think, but their deep they're obviously their offense can, score even when they need to but I, I don't know how good Tennessee's defense is so yeah I mean I feel like I feel like Tennessee that was their game to win they, they had a, a few costly yeah, mistakes exactly. that really gave it you know what I mean exactly. it, and I think we're gonna be in the same place I think that we do we have a does anybody know a lot like a line right now I would be interested to see if we might be favored probably too e- too early because it's you know they're still looking at this week's games but I don't know. Maybe they do it with a buy. I mean, I'm sure See, that I'm sure there's somebody's offering it. It's it's not going to yeah. be like, you know, set on set right now. I, I see it. Alabama minus four and a half right now, which uh, you get a three points for playing at home. So on a neutral site, they'd have Alabama favored by one and a half points. So a close matchup for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I, 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 I think I like, I like taking LSU with the points there because I feel like, <laughs> feel like if we play as well as we have throughout the year throughout the year i don't think that they can keep up with us scoring um you know this alabama team is just it's not who we've seen in the past it's not who we've seen over the past you know couple of years and um yeah i i I think that now credit to alabama for the thing they're always able to do and the way that they're like they're able to grit through these kind of games Mm -hmm. you know i mean Riker who's been there for seven years now, you know, kicking field goals that, that, you know, really that, that 
um, ended up counting, you know, really importantly at the end. Uh, Alabama, uh, Braz, Christian Braswell and Dallas Turner playing well, although Dallas Turner didn't miss like a pretty key tackle on the, uh, on Milton that he, you know, you, Daniel, you remember that we were watching that one together where, mm-hmm. where Milton runs off for like a big, a big first down might've been on fourth down or something. And I was like, wait, did Dallas Turner just miss that tackle? Anyways. Um, but Alabama was able to grit through those games. And that's that, I think that is what makes them, I mean, that's saving. That's, that's their, that's the program. That's the process. That's what makes them elite. Um, we, but we can't let them do that. Uh, but overall, I mean, I think that it's our game. It's our game to, lose, or to win. And it was Tennessee's game to win. Mm-hmm. And we, we were actually watching the, the game with a bunch of Tennessee fans. So they were real excited at the beginning and the, the mood slowly soured over the course of a couple hours. And then at the end, there were, everyone was kind of silent. They were like, all right, well, we're moving on to the next yeah. one. It was pretty uh, much like party's over. Bye. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, Bama won, what was it, 34 to 20. Uh, I, Texas also had a similar game. They were up 21 to nothing. Houston actually came back, almost took it from them. Texas ended up winning 31 to, to 24. But UNC lost. USC lost. Bye-bye Caleb Williams, you know, uh, repeat for Heisman. I just, yeah, I just don't see here. how at this point. Um, and to Utah, who I thought that was totally possible because uh, Utah's looked – strong even though amidst their losses i know that they're uh you know dangerous team so uh again it's it's kind of thinning out the the cream is starting to rise to the top and i don't know then there were so just some weird scores you know ohio state penn state big matchup but it was 20 to 12 which i guess kind of shows maybe they're kind of similar but weird score then you had mississippi state and arkansas seven to three that was um, weird. <laughs> that was like an '80s SEC score, right? Yeah. Like '50s. And God, uh, God bless Arkansas, because it's like they've lost so many games by less than one touchdown in the last, well, since us, right? That's been like four or five, four in a row. God bless them, because uh, now their record is just putrid. But mm-hmm. I, I just, I know that what they've put up each week, it's, you know, they're not that far off. It's, it's not that bad. They just keep losing those games. But anyway, um, there was that, and I don't know. What else did you guys see? Not so um, much. We we watched that USC-Utah game late at night with Utah yeah. kicking the field goals as time expired to crush the hopes of USC, who <laughs> Caleb Williams is now 0-3 against them, and uh, Lincoln Riley. We, we talked about this last week. It was like, oh, maybe it's not that bad, but uh, being able to not get over the hump against Utah, who admittedly recruits a lot lower talent and had their third string quarterback starting. That's pretty rough. Uh, yeah. So, and now they, they're still staring down Washington and Oregon on the schedule. So don't be surprised if USC ends the season with four, even five losses, um, mm. a, a big fall from the expectations just a few weeks ago. Um, well, and, and I mean, all of that, that could even be more of a realization because if, if the reports I saw today come out to be true, did you see that um, that uh, Caleb Williams is considering sitting out the rest of the season? No, no I, I saw I, someone suggest that, that to him though. I yeah, I I don't know if it's I don't know how accurate it is. I saw you know reports Caleb Williams is considering sitting out the rest of the season to concentrate on the draft. You know they feel like this season's over, which 
I mean, if that happens, that's a, that's a whole new precedent of, you know, of sitting out. You know, we've, we've seen sitting out for the bowl game. We've seen sitting out for the for the playoff game. Um, but, I mean, sitting out for the whole rest of the season would be insane. Well, it would, although we did see Jamar Chase do it at one point, right? Well, he never even strapped on the pads, though. Uh, okay, you're right. I thought I was who I must be thinking of somebody else that like got hurt and then they just sat out the, rest of the season. Right. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's that, but it's also the fact that this comes on the heels of him supposedly saying that whatever team he gets drafted by, he wants like a ownership stake or something. And it's like, hold on, dude. Like is is he really like LeVar Ball's son or something? Like, what, <laughs> where is all this chutzpah coming from? Because, A, you haven't even finished this season yet. You don't know if you'll be the number one drafted overall or QB overall. But still, it's it's like last season was great, but then you lost to a, a team that most people thought you should have won. And now this season, it it doesn't match. So how can you make these demands if you're like trending down? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's quite a, it's, you know, that's quite a statement to be like, yeah, I, I deserve ownership in my, uh, I don't even think, I don't even know if you, you could, they could even really, I guess they could do that with the, I guess you can, you can always go up, but you know, like there's like a rookie wage scale, right? Mm-hmm. Like they can't pay you certain, certain things. I think, I think well, it'd be I almost, think, or go ahead, Scott. Well, I was just going to say, I think there's some league bylaw where you, they they can't give players stake in the own like a ownership in the team or anything like that. That's it's separate. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's possible because like if you get traded to another team or something, there's a big conflict of interest oh, there. Yeah. Um, like well, you're they can force you to liquidate your liquidate your holdings. Sure. I guess so, but there's also like salary cap issues where it's like I'll pay you one dollar for this season, yes. but I'll give you. 10% equity in the New York giants or whatever. And so you like, you assemble your team of superstars and everybody gets 1% stake. Yeah. Uh, but you have all pros all across the lineup. And plus there were some rumors that Aaron Rodgers was asking for the same thing from the New York jets when he was getting traded and that didn't happen. <laughs> so like if a probably future hall of fame quarterback doesn't get any equity in the team he's going to, then I don't think you're going to take that chance on a undrafted or not undrafted, but on a rookie who you've never even seen play an NFL game at that point. So um, we'll see if uh, Caleb comes back to earth, but wish him the best there. I think if that was a possibility, we would have seen it with Tom Brady because he basically remade that franchise. And if anyone is deserving of a corporate team of a team's corporate earnings it'd be that guy i mean he wrote his own check in tampa like he he got he called all the shots called the plays called everything said he wanted antonio brown on the team they gave it to him like yeah said he wanted leonard fournette and he was there he wanted a title together i'm I'm still happy about that good for lenny good for playoff (laughs) lenny exactly uh and just OMG at Caleb Williams, but uh, we'll, we'll remains to be seen how that'll play out. But uh, as far as any of the other games, I don't know. Iowa had a weird loss too. It's like they would have won except some weird, you know, rule where somebody touched the ball and they had to take, take some points off the board. Um, just across the SEC, you know, we're gearing up for, uh, Georgia, Florida this week. Uh, 
Ole Miss Auburn better than I thought. I got to say it was only 28 to 21, although Ole Miss did win, which uh, what I was going to say is, man, we're kind of running out of chances for them to lose to somebody. So, you know, if, and when we do beat Alabama uh, in two weeks that, you know, we would still have uh, a chance to win the sec, but uh, Ole Miss does have A&M. They do have them at home, but they have to travel and go play Georgia. So, we have that going for us, which is nice. Uh, and then, of course, there's always the Egg Bowl. So maybe they'll have one, if not two more losses. But we do need that help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we can count on Georgia. Sure. I hope so. Yeah, this upcoming week isn't as stockpiled with big matchups, unfortunately. I guess well, LSU is not playing. So it's always good on the bye week to check out some other teams you don't normally watch as much. But not too too stacked of a lineup like you said georgia at florida and jacksonville for the the cocktail party um if somebody's gonna spoil georgia's we can't call it that anymore so (laughs) wait did they have they canceled the world's greatest cocktail party well the schools don't refer to that anymore the schools don't refer to it they don't want the students to refer to that as such but i mean come on you you can't stop the fans from calling it that it's like it's like the the trying to trying to uh call the red river shootout the red river rivalry right because words words are scary Uh uh-huh yeah but yeah, we got that. And then Oregon goes to Utah, hot off the, the win at USC. Ooh. Oregon's pretty much got to win that one. Or I guess both teams yeah. have to win that one to stay in the playoff. That's basically a playoff eliminator game. Yeah. Uh, and it's where college game day is. So that should be fun. Uh, Utah, a pretty scenic spot there in Salt Lake City. So um might tune into that one in the afternoon, 3.30 game. And then uh, late night. The Pac-12 getting so much, getting so much attention kind of on their on their you know victory lap as the Pac-12 basically dissolves getting so much attention from uh game day yeah it's kind of strange i, was, I saw some stats like college football general viewership is up like 40 percent this year or something which is good obviously and a lot of that's off the Pac-12 whose viewership is up like 80 percent or something uh i think a lot of that is colorado and Dion kind of rolling their boat but uh, the other team is playing well also. And then you're sad to, like, like you said, it's like they're, they're finally really good. And then they're all like, see, yeah, we're going to the big 12 and the big 10 <laughs> and uh, everywhere else. So uh, y'all have fun. Um, but it's one of those things where I guess college football is better when these schools are better. Same with Florida state. I think they've attracted a lot of attention to the ACC. Yeah. Um, so uh, good on them. Yep. Uh, other than that, I mean, across the league, I don't know. I mean, it's it. I don't think it matters much down the road for the country, but I bet Tennessee five and two Tennessee at five and two Kentucky could be a good game. Uh, I guess Kentucky's not ranked because they've lost game. I don't know, but I, I feel like that could be a good game. Probably whoever wins that one could maybe stay in the top twenty-five, just barely. But uh, I don't really see any big upset potential games, like something that's going to shake up the top. Now, I mean, Washington travels to Stanford, but I, I just don't see that as a, a real trap game. I'm, I mean, all bets are off with USC at this point, but I don't know. Anything else? Because Virginia was able to take down UNC, so I don't know. We got uh, Duke and Louisville playing, but uh, anything... I don't know. Five and two BYU at Texas. Texas has looked susceptible. Uh, I, I, that's what I was looking at where I was like, 
maybe this could be one. BYU seems like they seems like they always kind of have uh, a sneaky team. Sure, at least one game. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're right, Daniel. There's not really much in the way that week or this week of big games. Maybe Oklahoma has a potential trap game at Kansas, which you know that's that's not a joke. That's I'm actually just wondering if that's the case. But uh, I don't see anybody else. I don't see anybody else. Like, I don't think Florida can upset Georgia. I don't think they are there yet. It'll be a heated game. You know, Georgia may. I don't think Georgia will come out flat either because it's a, it's a rival. It's the Georgia-Florida game after a bye. But, you know, Kirby's probably got something special planned just so his team can come out looking strong, not yeah. looking like a dud against Florida on national TV. Yeah. One good thing about the bye week is that LSU can't lose. So uh, just enjoy that There's for what that. it is. That's like, I think the saying for Nebraska fans is that it's their favorite week of the year because it's the only week they don't lose. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah um, enjoy the, the football and whatever else y'all get into this weekend, both co-hosts and listeners, I suppose. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, man, I, I would say I'd try and venture to watch the Saints, but they just... They never fail to disappoint this year. Anyway, uh, even had the Thursday night game. And I was like, Oh my God, Do we need God forbid. It? It's like, and if the, they could have, I mean, I can't guarantee that they would have won, but Foster Moreau did have the chance to at least tie the game within yes. the waning minutes, but he was not able to pull in a pretty good ball thrown by Derek Carr and poor Derek Carr. I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of all that, but, any thoughts on that or pro in general? Oh, um, not too much. I watched the Sunday night game Eagles versus the Dolphins, a big matchup last night and the Eagles are looking legit with Jalen Hurts. So um, they're, they're running the table, but yeah, the saints kind of mid, not so great. The story of the past few years since Drew Brees left. So they need to figure that out. I wonder if they're already looking at this year's uh, class of quarterbacks as well. Cause I mean, Derek Carr, he's all right, but is that the long-term solution? Hard to say. Well, I mean, they're paid mm. like he is. Why? I, I don't, yeah. I, I still don't understand. It's no, like no offense to Derek Carr. I, I, I mean, if like they wanted him, so it's like, why wouldn't you take the, you know, the contract, but I just don't understand why they went after him because I don't feel like we have the, we had the pieces to begin with. It's not like we were just one quarterback away. I, I, I think that's clearly, you know, Michael Thomas is a shell of himself. Camaras, eh. And Alave is good, but he's but he's one guy. Um, you know, it's like our offense. Our offense hasn't been just absolutely stellar. Um, I don't know. I just I feel like, yeah. I wonder. I do wonder if we'll if the, if the Saints will go to the uh, go look at the at the draft. Maybe that could be interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> especially since not only are they mid, but it's like once again this year it's like the whole division is it's like any year in the last five years is a great year for someone in the nfc south to have a really good year because you know the rest of the league the rest of the teams are going to suck like carolina like they were in so i don't know if they even got a win this past week but uh don't worry about them tampa bay totally different without you know brady and everybody else falcons are okay i mean they're not they're not world beaters, but again, it's it's like all these and all these teams are st- still within like 
one or two possessions of, of winning the games. So I, <laughs> I just don't know what to make of it. But yeah, you're right. The Eagles kind of look head and above, head and shoulders above everybody else. And I don't know, as far as the AFC, maybe the Chiefs do. But of course, I can't tell if that's the NFL and or the refs trying to make them look that way because I'm so already over all the cutaways to Taylor Swift when I'm watching the Chiefs game. We've been talking about that. Yeah, me and Dave were talking about that before before you joined on. It's like, it's out of hand. It is totally out of hand. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the fact that they're just going even further with social media tweets and just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Anyway, having said all that, anything else we didn't cover that you guys thought stood out? I just feel like I need to be transparent with the listeners and with the co-hosts. I'm 0-7 in fantasy football, and I don't know what went terribly wrong. (laughs) <laughs> like this is the worst year I've had in fantasy football, maybe like in my lifetime. I mean, I, I guess I did have some injuries and like inopportune buys and things like that, but it's just terrible. I feel like I was, a, I feel like I was blind when I drafted or like, I mean, I actually know I, I don't feel like I was blind. Cause I got, I have people that are like, feel like legitimate, like people you'd be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. But man, they're not playing yeah. well together. right it's terrible well yeah i just want you to know this is a safe space tommy so feel free to just tell us everything and i i can empathize that's why i don't play is because i know the guys i would pick would be injured or something would change like with my luck i would have been able to draft aaron Rodgers, thinking he's due for something big in new york and then just been sol Guess who did that? Who, who, yeah, whoever my backup was. Maybe <laughs> it's, I don't know. I don't know who I would have picked, Josh Allen or somebody, but now the Bills are not having this, as good a season as they possibly could. So I don't know. I don't know how it would have worked out. I had Dak, Replacing. Aaron, I ha- or I have Dak, and I got Aaron Rodgers in the draft, thinking basically the same thing. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to get Dak because he's going to, you know, like I think Dak's going to be big. Dak's always pretty good. And then I'll get Aaron Rodgers on the off chance that like if if this turns into like he the pieces are all together he's got a new team fresh all that, um, look how that played out. Yeah, now replacing Jared Daniel Golf, replacing <laughs> Daniel Craig in the next James Bond movie. Tommy Oo and seven in fantasy football. <laughs> uh, I'm Great not doing too much better. I'm three and four in my league, but yeah, uh, I'm sorry to, to hear that. Maybe there'll be a late season run. At least you got a dub. Bracket. I don't even have a dub. I think I'm eliminated from this. I don't even think I can go to the playoffs <laughs> at this point. They, they always have the consolation bracket, right? The people who don't make the playoffs play each other. And it's kind of sad to be, and you don't even set the lineup, but uh, got got a, you can just play spoiler at this point. Right. Uh, or I don't know. You could look at something else and start to, Fill out your bracket or just, you know, start to look at LSU fall ball. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to start doing, actually. I'm going to start filling out my bracket. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, right on. Well, um, uh, if that's all that we got today, then that'll pretty much do it for us here on Talking Tigs. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, tune in next week. We will have some some recap of the rest of college football, even though LSU does not play. But we will preview the Alabama game uh, since that will be a 
the next game and very anticipated one. It could set the stage for the SEC West. So we will definitely have that and the rest of college football for you, as well as anything else that might come down the pike. So until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we will talk to you next time on Talking Chicks. Talk